that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is Dad Really in the Bible? Today I want to talk about how to find real love. Yes, I mean, if you're dating, man, woman, whatever, you know, you're searching out there, you're searching for real love. Okay, how do I find real love? There was a song by the Doobie Brothers entitled Real Love, and it says, well, we, we've both lived long enough to know that we'd trade it all right now for just one minute of real love. I need to believe in real love. And it's sort of sad. I remember reading about a, it was some Hollywood star that said they would trade all of their millions for just one good, wholesome, loving relationship. Yeah. So obviously in our society, I mean, here we got, we got God created male and female, told him to repro re re reproduce and replenish the earth. And it seems like we can't even get that right. We can't even get that. I mean, how many dysfunctional, how many divorces are there? 50% of marriages in, in, in a divorce. How many bad relationships have you been through? Is it that difficult? Is it that difficult? Okay, how to find real love. And I want to look at a man right now who could not find real love. He's in the Bible, which I, that also reminds me of, an, of another song by Eric Carmen entitled All By Myself. When I was young, I never needed anyone. And making love was just for fun. Those days are gone. And of course, the chorus of the song says, all by myself. I, I don't want to live now that I'm old all by myself because I have failed. You know, I just thought it was all making love was just for fun. I, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. Now I'm old and ugly and I can't find real love. Okay, real love. All right, let's take a look at this man in the Bible who could not find real love either. First Kings 11 and verse 3. And he had 700 wives and princes, princes and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Now, the, the man we're talking about is Solomon. He had over a thousand women. You know, I, let me tell you something. This is what I call a man whore. What do you call it? What do you call a man who has over a thousand women? I call it a man whore. Now, you, you read about rock stars, you know, I think, uh, I think you know, Gene Simmons, I think, boast about having a thousand different women. Wilt Chamberlain uh, boasted of having 20,000 women. I had sex with 20,000 different women. And you see, now, we're going to look at the Bible. Okay, we're looking at a man who had a thousand wives. And when you look, the Bible, this is what a lot of people overlook. The Bible is not a book about perfect people. Uh, it's not a perfect book because it's about imperfect people and people make mistakes. So in the Bible, you read about gay communities, you read about incest, you read about rape, you read about men whores, you read about women whores, you read about, it's sort of like murder, 
all kinds of chicanery. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on in the Bible. And what we, it's sort of like a soap opera, you know. We, we read about polygamy, men who have a thousand different wives. And it's not that God approves of all this stuff. That's not the point. The point is, God is willing to stoop so low to deal with sinful people like you and me. And he's willing to forgive us. He's willing to restore ourselves to him and restore our lives so that our lives will work. He's willing to come down here. He sent his son to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven. But more important, you know, that's important, but, but more than that, he came to make our lives work. And so when you read the Bible, it's, it's a lot of stories in there about peoples uh, whose lives didn't work. Now, God has a unique quality. And it's called this, giving us enough rope to hang ourselves so that we can learn from our stupid mistakes. God is notorious for doing that, giving mankind enough rope to hang ourselves. So here's a man who had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And this is what the Bible says about this man, 1 Kings 11 and verse 4, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. Yeah, Solomon, and, and, and notice it, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God, as was the heart of David, his father. You know, the bottom line is this, you can't love a thousand different women. And he had to get old before he realized that. Now, Solomon is referred to as the wisest man in the Bible, but let me tell you something. When it came, when it came to women, he was really a stupid man. He had abject stupidity when it came to women. Now, I want to look at something that, that Solomon said, which is sort of like a put-down towards women. And there's, there's a common thing about men whores and, and womenizers, men who are womenizers, that I want you to understand. This is what Solomon said about women. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 27, Behold, this I have found, says the preacher, counting one by one to find out the account, which yet my soul seeketh. But I find not one man among a thousand have I found. And he's talking about wisdom. Okay, he's looking for wisdom. Okay, he found one man out, out of a thousand, but a woman among all these have I not found. Now let me tell you something. One of the characteristics of a womanizer or a man whore is that he degrades his women. He talks down. He puts down. He's very negative towards the opposite sex. Now, when you're around one of the, listen, women, when you're around one of these men, you want to do, do us all a favor, avoid him like the plague. If you've got a man who is putting you down, degrading you, talking down to you, get out of there. Now, how, I want to talk about how to avoid the man whore, okay? Now, now why? Why would you want to avoid the man whore? Because he can wreck your life. If you marry one of these jackasses, your marriage will be a disaster an absolute disaster. It's not going to work. Because the man whore is about one thing and one thing only. He's about genital bonding. It's not about love. It's not about faithfulness. It's not about commitment. It's not about marriage. It's not, it's not about any of that stuff. Okay, your life and your marriage will be a disaster. It will wreck your life. So let's say you're a, a young woman and you're dating a man. How do you know? How can you find out if he's a man whore or not? Now, what is a man whore? Let's give you, let me give you the definition here. He is a man that looks at a woman, looks at all women as a piece of meat. It has nothing to do with love. It has, again, 
It's about genital bonding. It's what it's about. He is a seducer of women. He is a womanizer. He seduces by his looks or by his words or both. Now, if he's been hit with an ugly stick, he uses words to seduce women. You know, it's like the song by the Bee Gees, uh, words. It's only words, and words are all I have to take your heart away. And there's a lot of brain-dead young girls who allow words, words, it's just words, to take their heart away. They will use poetry. They will use, oh, you're so beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're just on and on and on and praise, praise, praise. And, and, and a lot of women who lack confidence in themselves, that's, that, that, that's all it takes, just words, just words to take their heart away. So how do you find out if this new guy you're dating is a man whore? Well, the Bible sort of tells us here in, in the Song of Solomon 8 and verse 4, and I'm reading from the God's Word translation. It says this, young, woman, young women of Jerusalem swear to me that you will not awaken love or arouse love before its proper time. Okay, there's a proper time to awaken or arouse love. Obviously, the proper time is not with every guy you date, okay? Every time you find a new guy to date, that's not the time to arouse or awaken love. Now, imagine a, a man whore going to a prostitution house. And the pimp at the house says, uh, well, none of the cows are giving away free milk today. What do you think he would do? Okay, the, the, the man, well, he would, he would leave. He'd never come back. Okay, so how do you find out if this new guy that you're dating is a man whore? Well, you might try this. Now, I'm not telling you to lie, but you, just, you may want to just, just this little one-liner here just to look at the expression on his face, you know. Say something like, well, I'm a Christian and I believe in saving sex for marriage. And then look at him. And, and, and listen, if he's a man whore, he will drop you like a hot potato because that's not what he wants. You'll never hear from him again. Now, he can be persistent, you know, depending on what he wants. He can put all of the seduction forward and, and, and deceive you, but chances are that's not what he's looking for, and he will leave you very quickly. So, you know, the power of no, no. I mean, it's incredible power there that, that just one little word, N-O, no, and you can find out, okay, is, what, what is this guy all about? Because a man whore doesn't like the word no. I can guarantee you that. Okay, you might want to try that out sometime. All right. Why are there so many men whore in the world, men whores in the world? And how, do, how does a man become a man whore? Okay, number one. First, first way is lack of a father figure. I was reading some statistics about fathers, the importance of fathers. It says children whose parents separate are significantly more likely to engage in early sexual activity. Yeah, it can be an absentee father. He's just not there. He's not in, in the family. He's not in the picture. Okay, they are whole, highly more likely to engage in sexual, the children are, in sexual activity. 63% of youth suicide comes from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists who, with displaced anger 
come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prison come from fatherless homes. Man, we fathers don't realize how important we are. We should realize that because we're created in the image of God. Man and male and female created in the image of God, but we don't realize our role in the family system and how important we are. You know, absentee fathers. Now, the father can be that. It's not that you have to be separated. The, the husband and wife, you know, the mother, uh, mother and the, the, the um, husband, the mother and the father, they're separated. That's not the point. You can have the togetherness of the family. It's just that he doesn't have time for you. The father doesn't have time for you. It's together but maybe all the time was spent with the other two children, or maybe he became a workaholic, and you just didn't have that fathering, okay? Uh, how many fathers have taught their sons? You know, son, you, gotta, you, you, you need to respect women. You need to protect them. That's your job, son, to protect women to keep them safe. And you don't just look at them as a mere body part, okay? And how many fathers taught their sons, you know, son, there's gonna come a magical day. You know, right now, or shortly after puberty, you know, right now, you, maybe you don't like girls, but there's gonna come a day when you're gonna be absolutely fascinated with them. And your hormones and your body and testosterone and all that is gonna kick in and you're going to desire women sexually. Now listen, son, you know, you're going to have a desire to enter into sexual relationship with these women. But if you do, if you enter into a sexual relationship with that girl, in God's eyes, you have entered into a marriage covenant. You are married in God's eyes. Once you enter in, and you better be old enough and willing to take care of her if you're going to do that. Okay, we don't, you know, for the most part, we're not taught these things. For the most part, we're left to ourselves to figure these things out. How do men become men whores? Okay, pornography. 50% of Christian men admit to being addicted to some kind of pornography. And pornography is just about, it's not even about the woman. It's not even a real woman. It's body parts. It's vagina, it's breast, it's buttocks, it's lips, you know. It's, it's just the woman is degraded into body parts. Your mind is reprogrammed to degrade women. And that, now, this does not happen overnight. You learn this stuff. These behaviors are learned. And so over a process of time, women become an object for sexual gratification. And that's all they're about. Okay. How do men become men whores? Okay, lack of fathering, pornography. You know, if you're with a man and he's asking you to do something that you're uncomfortable with, you need to get out of that relationship. You see, you see a lot of uh, some of the sexual perversions, there's a lot of degrading sex acts out there. And a lot of them have to do with control and power over. You know, and there again is an addiction just as much as pornography, and that is control and power over. You, don't, you want to get out from under a control freak or someone who is a man who is exercising power over you. That's a bad relationship, bad relationship. Another way men become men whores is that our society views women in general as sex objects. 
Sex sells everything. It sells, I mean, you go into a grease monkey mechanic, mechanical garage, uh, garage mechanic, and he's got a poster of a half-naked woman holding a, a snap-on tool. What's the connection between the two? I mean, is there, there's, there's no connection whatsoever. Sex sells everything, the sexy blonde, you know, over the, the leaning on the car, whatever. It, it's been, that, that's the society. And our minds have been reprogrammed to think about sex. It's all objects for gratification. We went to, one time at Myrtle Beach, we went to a show, a um, Carolina Opry or something like that. It was a good musical show, but and when we got out, my mother said, well, it was a good burlesque show. And she was talking about the dancing girls, you know, with mini skirts and breasts exposed and whatever. And I got to thinking about our society, just how corrupted we have become. We have become so corrupted that if the shows portrayed modesty, women, beautiful women, but modest, like the Lawrence Welk show, where they wore these flowing, beautiful gowns, and, and it, it wouldn't sell, would it? What is selling today is the prurient interest, the sexual interest. You know, I got to see something. I got to be exposed to something. You know, that, that's soap operas. If soap operas portrayed faithfulness, godliness, men and women of character who would not cheat on their husband or wife, honesty, integrity, hard work, the, no one would watch soap operas. Our minds have been reprogrammed to desire the purient, the sexual, the, the, you know, the degrading acts that are out there, Hollywood, shows, movies, you know, it's all about, you know, it's, our minds have been totally reprogrammed. Then you have, you know, male enhancement advertisement continuously, as if a 65-year-old man is supposed to have the vigor of, that, he, that he had when he was a teenager. What kind of nonsense is that? You know, you see on Facebook, I see these old men, 60, 65, with these ripped bodies, this ripping body, a little peanut head about that big. But, you know, they, they got these, and, and I'm thinking, you know, do you realize what you got to do at age 65 to get your body like that? You got to take testosterone, testosterone shots, steroid shots. You're going to kill yourself lifting weights, literally. You're going to kill yourself to get like that. It's incredible. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16, and God's Word translation says, That is why we are not discouraged, though outwardly we are wearing out. Inwardly we are renewed day by day. That is, if you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, if you have repented of your sins, if you accepted Christ uh, for, and been baptized, gone down in the waters of baptism, accepted Christ as your personal Savior, had hands, hands laid on you for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you know, inwardly, your, your mind, and there's the key, your mind is being renewed day by day. But the outward man is perishing. You cannot prevent this, no matter how much exercise, no matter how much Viagra, no matter how much anything. You know, you're, you, you can't, the outward man is perishing. That's reality in all its ugliness. I mean, my question is this. What's wrong with slowing down at age 60? What's wrong, what's wrong with maybe getting a, a glass of ice cold tea with some lemon in it, sitting on your front porch and looking at what you've accomplished, what you've achieved, and 
Just slow down. What's wrong with slowing down? I can't do the things. You can't do the things at age 60 that you could as a teenager. But what's wrong with slowing down? The Sabbath is a, is a commanded day of rest. What's wrong with slowing down? You know, to look at the fruit of your labor, to look at what, what God has created. I think that's what God did when he kept the Sabbath day. I mean, when he commanded the Sabbath day, excuse me. And he rested. I think he looked at all the things that he had done and accomplished. Okay, what's wrong with slowing down? You know, I, I, listen, I thank God, I thank God that I don't have the same lustful desires that I had as a teenager. It's a good thing, you know. The last thing we need, our society needs, is a bunch of horny 60-year-old men running around. That's the last thing we need. We don't need that as a society. And yet these, these advertisements and drugs and, and they're convincing you that you're supposed to be behaving like, behaving like a teenager. Why would you want to go back to being a fool? Tell me. Now, we need to be concerned about the inward man and building godly character. I mean, think about it. What is the hallmark sin of America? It is adultery. Let's take a look at this verse in Jeremiah 5 and verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me. And you know, when I read this, I'm reading about America. If the shoe fits, wear it, okay? How shall I pardon thee for this? Your children have forsaken me and have sworn by them that are no gods. When I fed them to the full... Yes, I provided everything for this nation. I provided all the material blessings you can imagine. And I fed them to the full. Then they committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlots' houses. They were as fed horses in the morning. Every, everyone neighed at his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit thee? Visit for these things, says the Lord, and shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? We are a nation like this. Yes. Now my question is, is how serious is God about sexual sins? Now I know as a nation we're not serious about it. We laugh about it. We write songs about it. We, you know... We, country western songs, you know, it's about the one night stand, the one night affair. Not just country western, but a lot of music out there. Our entertainment, we think it's funny when a man is unfaithful or when a woman is unfaithful. We think it's funny. There's a double standard, you know, with men and women here. You know, the man that goes out and screws a thousand different women, we sort of, yeah, that's cool, that's, that's macho. A woman that does it, well, she's referred to as a whore. No, I'm, I'm talking about men whores here and how to avoid men whores. Our, we build our entertainment around sexual sins. Yeah. So how serious is God about sexual sin? Well, you know, he destroyed a whole city that was engaged in the act of sodomy. I mean, that's pretty serious when you destroy a whole town because of their sexual perversion. Now, in the Bible, in Galatians 5 and verse 21, it talks about a group of people. And it says, people that do these things are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. In a way, you sort of look, okay, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Evidently, they're not saved. In other words, their way of life reveals how they live their life reveals, you know, they're really not committed to God. They're, they're really 
They're just playing church, maybe, okay? All right, Galatians 5 and verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. What is adultery? Adultery is voluntary sexual relationship between a married person and someone other than his or her spouse. Okay, that's what adultery is. What is fornication? Fornication is intercourse between two consenting adults who are not married to each other. Okay, now it, what, what the Bible says, if you're doing these things, you're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Now, you can repent, you can turn from your sins, you can say, cry out to God and say, God, I am sorry for not taking your, you seriously here. And, but if, you're, if you are doing these things, and, and listen, I didn't say you couldn't be religious. You can be doing these things and go to church six days a week and twice on Sunday, sing in the choir and hold your hands up and tell everybody how you love Jesus. Okay, you can do, you can do that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, people that do these things are not going to be in the kingdom of God. So all you got to do is ask yourself, am I doing these things? Hmm, okay, not going to be in the kingdom. All right, how serious is God about sexual sins? Well, okay, sexual sins can keep us out of the kingdom of God. That's how serious they are. Now, I want to offer you something here. Uh, sexual, the gift of sex perverted or twisted. The gift of sex. Now, this is one of the most powerful magazines. I'll send that to you free of charge. Won't sell your name to a mailing list. Won't beg you for money. But I mean, th this this is some hard hitting stuff. This would be a nice book to keep on your coffee table, by the way. But uh, uh, tomorrow's fornication, today's fornication, tomorrow's murder. All right, a woman's second chance at motherhood. Powerful article about all the aborted children that we have our nation has aborted will they ever get a chance all those children will they get a chance for life again for salvation this article will answer that question uh, you should not commit adultery uh, let's see what else we have in search of a father's love you know they say that daughters that become promiscuous are in search of a father's love the full hearted father powerful article the harlot's heart pornography a woman's view of pornography, desensitized hormones. How do our hormones become desensitized? Powerful article. Um, history of pornography, the adultery nobody sees. Is homosexuality a worse sin than others? Ma this is a powerful magazine. I can send that to you free of charge. Again, how serious is God about sexual sins? Sexual sins can keep us out of the kingdom of God. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151 and be sure to mention the title of this program. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. 
It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.